Hello and welcome back to No Capes Season 3. This show is usually recorded as a video talk show, so if you want to see what we're talking about in the show, check it out on YouTube as well. And if you'd like to support the show, you could consider subscribing at Patreon or donating to Ko-fi. For now, kick back, relax, grab your coffee, and enjoy the show. the show where we talk about creator-owned comics with creators who own comics. With me today is someone that you've heard me mention a bunch of times before, and I'm excited to sit down and chat with, uh, Liana Kangas. Liana, introduce yourself to everyone. Hello, everyone. I'm Liana Kangas. I am a comic creator, primarily artist. Uh, I also write as well sometimes, but some work that you might recognize me by is Star Wars Adventures, uh, True Cult, and... uh, quite possibly Seeds of Eden, which was through TKO Studios, and some other stuff, uh, especially through, like, Vault, Chisa Destroy. Yes. Um, yeah. So, I'm here. I'm ready. I'm, I'm excited. excited. I've, I've literally got uh, said Destroy sitting in my comicsology ready for me to read this weekend, actually. All right. So, today we're talking about a comic that I've been really, really, really excited about for, well, it's, what's it been, about nine months or so that it's been running? Maybe a bit longer? Probably longer. Since yeah, it's, it's up to about issue, issue 12. Or something. Yeah. yeah, so about a year. So since I read the first issue of this, I have been waiting for somebody to pick this. Oh, good. Because I am a big fan of Casper's work, which is why I picked it up. Same. Um, I'm, well, I'm... everyone on this book, obviously. Right? But, it's such uh... a good team. It's such Hell a good yeah. team. Uh, and, and, yeah, like... If you've watched the Dan Waters episode, you'll know that I was really hyped to talking to Dan about it. And if you're going to sit down and watch this episode, we'll give you a warning a few minutes in before we start getting too deep into spoiler territory. And then you can go away, read the comic, and come back. I'm going to link all of that in the description. I'm going to link all Liana's stuff in the description. Uh, so strap in, get your coffee, get your beer, whatever you're drinking today while you're watching this episode. This is a wild ride of a comic. And it's going to be a really yeah. fun chat. So, Homesick Pilots is my new favorite modern supernatural story right now. It mm-hmm. follows... Well, it starts off following two indie punk bands. You know, little trash bag rebels playing dive bars and causing trouble. And then it starts getting weird. I mean, like, it's it's weird from the first page. I'm not sure if you've got the, the, the comic up in front of you. I've got the comicsology version up. But immediately... I was actually going to show you. Uh, I, made a, <laughs> I made a case for it. So I made, like, a custom oh, kind of that. case for all my issues. I love and, that. And um, I was going to pull it out while we were talking about it. So I absolutely love that. I, I'm, I'm really excited for this to finish so that I can get like a hardcover omnibus or something oh yeah image what's up let's yeah. let's do this let's get that foil cover yeah let, let's same thing for crowded by the way volume three is coming out soon and I want 
a single volume this thick of Crowded. Give it to me. Heck yeah. But yeah, on the, on this first page, you know, we're, we're not even introduced to the characters yet, and then suddenly there's this weird light and the, sh the house seemingly exploding. And just the, the colour work on this and all the little details that Kaspar has put into the line work and the inking and stuff. Every panel looks like like an illustration. It's wild. But his it, sequential storytelling is like insane. It is. It's 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 such a well composed book and uh everything about it just really tickles all of my, my favorite things for a comic that I want to read. Like, uh, Aditya's lettering is just so crisp and clean and w wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the... they all make an incredible team. I just... I love um, Tom Mueller's design, and I really enjoy these books because, like, they are really, like gritty and messy looking mm. or like not messy that's not the right word no i know what like, you mean uh and he does an incredible job designing this so well too uh and it's like way outside of his normal like very crisp design stuff yeah so incredible i i, I love how they just they don't fuck around either like mm -hmm. three pages in and bam suddenly the house is a mech yeah, and they uh, they jump the they jump the gun quick. Yeah, it it goes from zero to a hundred real fast. Yeah, and we've got the you know we've got the, the inner monologue here of the main character Amy, and she's describing you know how she feels and like what she's experiencing inside the house, but you don't know that that's what's going on until we get here to page three, and mm -hmm. we suddenly see this glowing person in some kind of like, pilot suit. I can't wait to talk about spoilers. Yeah. Look, I, I'm going <laughs> to give everyone a basic rundown <laughs> while we're on this page. It's look, look. So, ghosts, vengeful ghosts, house mechs, real mechs, shady government organizations, punk rock, living sentient suits of blood, salt pills, Ghosts becoming Iron Man suits. It's a, That's a wild great description. Wild book. And honestly, I can't wait to just start talking about everything in the book, so When you not... say it out loud, like <laughs> it sounds like a ton of gibberish. It right, but like And they make it work so well. <laughs> they really do. It sounds like it like when you say it like that it sounds like it should be an absolute mess but no it's such a good story and it's just mm -hmm. wild it is absolutely wild and so we follow the two bands and we start finding out what happens with them after they get into a beef you know the the homesick pilots versus the nuclear bastards after a show some shit goes down and then the ghost stuff starts happening go read the comic right now if you haven't read the comic and you care about spoilers and then come back and watch the rest of the episode because yeah like I, I've been so thrilled about this comic and to talk about it and I know Liana is excited so 
I can't guarantee that we're not going to get spoiler deep in the next 30 seconds. Yeah, I I was like, there's not much you can really say because what's great about this series is when they did, uh, I guess, tease like the first couple pages, you don't get a lot out of it. You're still very confused about what this entire book is about until, right? like, yeah. like you said, kind of list off. You know, uh, it's about punk rock bands. Uh, even the timing is pretty wild. Uh, it's in the 90s. Yeah. Um, mechs, uh, ghosts, just, yeah. Right? I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, all I saw was the first couple of pages and saw that there was some kind of ghost lady piloting a house like a mech, and I'm just like, I don't know what's going on. I don't care what's going on, I, but I want to find out, and I'm sold already. Right. That was that exactly. was enough. I thought that I got all of my mech content in the '90s from anime, and even now looking at this, I'm like, well, I guess I didn't get enough because this is great. So right? yeah, that's the same. Like as soon as Frankie asked me if I wanted to do a page for his anime-inspired mech book, I'm like, yes. That, like, yeah. You don't have to ask again. You don't have to tell me anything else. I'm sold. Let's do this. <laughs> um, can we talk spoilers? Yes, we can. Let's do it. Okay, so I reread this for because, you know, it's an assignment to me. So I, like, went back and reread the first arc because I wasn't sure if we were going to do Caught Up All the Way to the Future, yeah. um, which is issue 12 came out yesterday when we're recording this. And even opening the first issue, I'm like, foreshadowing, oh my god, like, I, I know that she, like, I always read it as Ami in my head, not Amy, but I'm, Amy I'm not sure. more sense. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, That's something that sure. we should ask Casper and yes. Dan. I actually didn't um, think to ask Dan that when I was talking to him. <laughs> so good. So, like, uh, the foreshadowing and the complete and utter, like, gorgeousness of the first three panels with like the ferris wheel and everything insane yeah um i read up to issue eight i think seven or eight so like i had told you where i left off but um even like the end of the arc ending where it did and they're somehow able to fit that much information yeah. in these pages and in this arc but like not be too wild with like uh, a dialogue or anything like that and like how much detail is like really put in the background and whatnot is like unreal to me yeah no i i, I agree completely um i've left every one of these books feeling like i've just read like a graphic novella essentially yes not a, not a floppy because yeah. and not in the it dragged and i'm tired kind of way in the like no, I, that Just, was such a wild ride of a book. I can't believe they fit that much into a single issue. Absolutely. And I feel like the way the story beats are done uh, so perfectly, even switching between, like, each of the ghosts and, like, how you're going to start with the next, like, almost, like, Creature of the Week, kind of. Yeah. Um, which I thought that's where this was going, but clearly not, as I started reading, you know, with all the stuff with Meg starting to happen, so. Yeah. Um, this, I mean, it, like, hits you at every corner. There's something different going on, like, every issue. I Even, like, at the beginning of the first arc from issue three to four, I think, where you meet uh, T 
TFT, that fucking thing. Yeah. Um, where it's like, all right, well, uh, and then like all these quote unquote Fed agents or whatever. Right. And and yeah, like that thing. Like Just the... when I thought it was already complicated enough. Yeah. Thank you for introducing an even deeper plot line. Right. Yeah. This this shady sort of semi-independent, semi-autonomous government organization that's trying to weaponize ghosts. Yeah. Like, what? And they're using a ghost to track the other ghosts. Yeah. And the, the, the look. This is like some Ghostbusters shit. It really is. And, and look, we can't talk about that without talking about the design of the ghosts. Yeah. Like, some of these things are freaky. Some of them are still very My favorite is humanoid. Like Old Man James. Yeah. 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 Old Man James is terrifying. He is essentially a head with uh, who whoever's not going to read the book or whoever has read the book, like a head with a horseshoe. Yeah. For your face, like yeah. Sorry, what? Like, from from the collarbone up, there's just a horseshoe, and he's all emaciated and sort of dis. The bones are a bit distended in places, like his hip bones stick out uncomfortably high. Mm-hmm. And then there's yeah, there's, like there's TFT and it's like, uh. Uh, detailless nude fe feminine body with a fucking cassette tape for a head mm -hmm. and the, the the video cassette and the tape is prehensile and can be used as a weapon I think it's incredible like you were saying the designs there's a lot of what seems like 90s anime influences yeah, not like, even the mechs itself, but like a lot of these suit designs look yes very like inspired by, and then like yeah they, even the mech suits do, and then even like how insanely gritty and like wild, um, like some of the ghosts when they are with a person essentially right yeah and like there's there's little little Marky, and he, like he's wearing the Gundam mask essentially mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. very much a gundam inspired mask like you said super cute and yeah the the pilot suits like amy's pilot suit reminds me of sort of a mix between the ava plug suits and the normal suits from gundam they uh so i've actually been re-watching bubblegum crisis tokyo 2040 oh, yeah. and they look super similar like yeah, they're really yeah. cool like uh arm cuff like over the arm where like your wrist and stuff mm -hmm. is protected I just, I think it's really cool, like, everything seems very intentional, and to mix it with, like, 90s grunge punk, like, everything is so funny to me. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Man, I haven't watched 2040 for, it's probably been about 20 years now. Yeah, yeah, that's why I started rewatching it, that is, like, my favorite anime, so. Yeah, I'll have to go back and rewatch it, because, like, I've been, I've just caught up, basically, on every single Gundam series that's been dubbed. Oh my gosh, that's a feat. There's I only... think I could go back and maybe watch Outlaw Star, but I don't think I could take on Gundam. Like, that's just too much. Well, yeah, I'd been curious about it for forever and just never got around to it. And so I talked to Frankie one day, and he gave me a rundown on which, which ones to watch in which order, and then it just spiraled from there. <laughs> Good. There's only... Oh my gosh. Yeah, there's only the one that I haven't watched, and I'm really glad that I didn't because it got really weird like three episodes in and then i've seen some more clips from it and it gets weirder and that's the like the gundam g fighter or whatever it is 
mm-hmm. where they're doing like Gundam battles, Gundam fight tournaments, and stuff like that. And they've got superpowers and pilot suits that they turn into, change into. And I watched a clip the other day of like the only female pilot changing into her pilot suit, and the guys get this thing that's like this laser ring that like pulls down a glowing energy thing over the top of them and stretches the suit onto them and it's all angry and ter- exciting and the the female pilot gets a friggin sailor moon glowing ribbon transformation sequence <laughs> and then her gundam has ponytails those rolls yellow just yeah. Oh my goodness. Yep. Yeah, and then her Gundam has ponytails and a skirt and has a bloody uh, ribbon I gymnastics. I think I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I love when friends can tell me, like, suggest me to watch, like, a series and be like, just avoid the last two episodes. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, I will. Yep. I will not ruin it for myself. Yep. It's yeah. like Dexter, you know, like, nobody wants to watch that last season. Um, well, now that new short or whatever was really good, but like True Blood, things like that, everyone's like, don't watch the last episode, you'll be good. Yeah, that tracks. But yeah, yeah, don't watch that season, and you'll be good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so I guess I should have read all the way up to the uh, last issue, but I mean, it's I'm kind fine. of glad I didn't, so I have a lot more to look forward exactly, to. Exactly, um, exactly. Uh, like, but issue... I love... Oh, sorry. No, you're, you're right. I was just going to say, like, I really love what they're doing, like, kind of not pitting Meg and um, what's-his-face against each other, but, like, essentially, like, using Meg to, like, find the ghosts because they can't control uh that fucking thing yeah so um adds a lot of really good drama on top of the already high school drama that they clearly all have yes yeah and and that's it and like the the meg stuff gets intense after issue eight okay ready for it it gets it gets pretty intense um, I just sort of flicked through issue 8 again to refresh myself on where it ends. And, like, that final scene where Meg has, like, learned how to use the ghosts as a suit and is just sitting there watching TV, like, holding the TV, holding herself up in the air, smoking, eating ramen, and drinking a beer at the same time, using the blood suit as arms to do all of that. Ooh. That's nice. That's such a brilliant shot. And yeah, like he's like it just is incredible. And as you start to see what the other ghosts do, like what their thing is. Well, I'm already like I don't don't tell me yet because obviously oh, I don't yeah, know yet, no, no. but is the I I'm like is the blood suit the three guys that were killed? Or whatever her bandmates, you know what I mean. Oh, so like, right? it's really exciting each issue to be like, holy shit, like, you know. Yeah. Well, there, there's some shit about the blood suit, and then some shit about what else Meg is now able to do. So excited. As she yeah, uh, bonds with the blood suit more. Do we know uh, how many issues this is supposed to go to? Um, ah, oh, shoot, Dan was saying something about that, yes, uh, the other day. I 
think there's another three or four issues after issue 12. So I like think... three three arcs in Severn? I think that's what he said. I Don't quote nice. me on that, everybody, if you're listening to this. <laughs> I can't remember exactly, but I have a vague memory about that, but that just could be my ADHD playing tricks on me. But I, I think or they're getting wishful thinking. It could be, yeah. I think they're yeah. getting close to the culmination. Is is all I can remember. Incredible. Uh, it's gonna be hard to watch this series end, especially like. Uh, I love the style that's like carried through, like the color choices and yes. stuff like that. Yeah, I, interesting. Yeah, the 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 coloring, like I love all the the panels, like with the screen tone which again sort of gives you that anime feel but the way they've done it it also just very much reminds me of like grungy 90s early 2000s punk band you know gig posters and stuff hell yeah and like they've done a really good job of combining that and like getting that look and look caspar's line work on this just blows me away I'm I'm looking at the. I mean, it looks like fully painted to me. It, That's yeah. why I'm like, how how do you have time? Right, it looks fantastic, and I'm just looking at the close up of um, one of the the nuclear bastards, where mm -hmm. um, they have that confrontation on the the docks, mm -hmm. and the guy's like wiping his chin, and I'm just looking at the way that Caspar's lined the hair each individual strand mm -hmm. of hair and like the the nice sharp thick line around the edge of the face and how it trails off into a nice faded but still really crisp point at the edge of the yeah. jaw just the, the the way he's done the line work on this blows me away i love that kind of bold black line art I love when he, there's like certain panels that reminds me of like what I used to do in like high school and stuff when I used to draw with like colored pencils, but he'll like outline some of his figures with white. Mm, yes. And I really like that too. Um, yeah. I, I love that. And then in some panels, he'll do that with the background color mm -hmm. as well. Like there's a clo couple of close-ups here of uh, Army, Amy, um... After that scene, you're know, lighting a cigarette, sitting down in on somebody's garden, and then walking off. And then there's the two close-ups, and it's got again, it's got that solid black into a screen tone gradient. And instead of doing a white outline along the edge of her face, it's the background color. Yeah. And just killer. It just yeah, it's it's such a nice thing. Like, I probably wouldn't have thought to do that. And then on the next page is what you're talking about with the white lines, actually. Mm-hmm. Like the the rim lighting that just makes it stand out that little bit more against the black i like the use of like a lot of negative space in the panels and yes. stuff and like allowing the page to be white yeah yeah um, the, yeah that scene where she finally approaches the haunted house and like there's the big empty space of sky and stars and then yeah in the front is just the grass and everything is just white that's been taken out of it and it looks really mm -hmm. cool I Hell really yeah. like the way they've done the guttering and that, that sort of white fade to splatter and not harsh outlines on the, the guttering of the panels that way. That's a really cool trick. Yeah. I'm wondering, and like I'll probably ask him this, if like the colors were intentional for each person. Like, mm. 
it seems like everyone has like their own like tone or hue of like like colors yeah i know what you mean yeah because even in the later issues like issue seven and eight where you you're up to there like amy is still got the red tones but now instead mm -hmm. of being like a really faded maroon and like really down colored like she's cut her hair the red streaks are gone and she's got the red jacket yep. on and it's a bit more vibrant and like she's still dealing with whatever this bullshit is but she feels like she's it yeah. feels like she's come to terms with her situation more oh my god the action scene where she's like just so you all know what happened or whatever and like the house like shoots them out of the water yes that whole like scene like oh my god it was drawn so beautifully i'm like how how did you guys think of that what right and, and like <laughs> yeah this this sequence by the way just in the first issue of just it's pretty much the same piece of line work for four panels but the mm -hmm. the way they've colored it and lit it to show the passing of time and that flash of red that's obviously you know now that you know more about the story is obviously amy being assimilated by the house yeah that's fantastic it's just such a cool sequence i like the way dan writes um like future and flashback stuff and how it's seemingly like organic even despite being placed with some of like the monster of the week stuff for like these intentional ghosts to be introduced and like kind of focus in or at least be you know on the sidelines before they're needed so yeah exactly and, and it's it's so intricate like it seems like it could be such a shallow book you know like, like it's a book about ghosts and punks mm -hmm. but it's not there's so much to it it's such a rich world as well yeah, the world building, you're right. It, that is, the I think, the biggest part because, like, it has a very iconic look. It and yeah. they've done such a good job at, like, everything is so seamless and, like, uh, you know, like, constant. Like, the character designs, like, every single detail is there. Like, you were saying, kind of, like, each person has their own, like, set of outfits and it doesn't seem, like, to ever stray away and things like that yeah and, and yeah it does and i i can't believe all of the little like uh, i'm trying to remember what has happened after issue eight and what is before issue eight so i don't spoil anything for you but Ooh, yeah. there's just there's so many little bits and pieces that mm -hmm. are just like oh shit you showed us that like yeah. issues back lots of foreshadowing yeah yeah and like just the, the way that they they reuse certain things and like they, they circle back mm -hmm. and inform what's going to happen in the future is just so interesting to me like we, we got the two bandmates here and you know like those guys are still involved in mm -hmm. issue 11 and 12 like they're that's that's all I'm gonna tell you is they're still around and what's going on with them is super interesting. Yeah, with a book about ghosts, there's uh, luckily not too much death to stress out about. Yeah, right. 
I hate getting attached to characters and then then fucking getting killed off. Yeah. No, it's 100%. like my biggest pet peeve. Yeah. But I uh, yeah, I I need to see what happens next because like everyone's abilities and powers are growing as well as the ghosts mm-hmm. get more and more involved. Uh, so it's like in-depth plotline. It just like doesn't stop. Yeah, it, just it is. It keeps growing. It's like branching out farther and farther. Yeah, and and look, like this this uh, scene here where the nuclear bastards have broken into the house looking for uh, the homesick pilots to fuck with them, and then the, yeah. the other two homesick pilots are breaking in looking for Amy. And as we know, the house shifts and, like, fucks with everybody. Mm-hmm. And, just, yeah, just the way that they've done this and showing the figures, like, moving throughout the house... Instead, you know, you could have done that as individual panels and kept them all separately. Mm-hmm. I love pages like this. Actually, I'm going to switch to the double page spread layout so everyone can see this properly. I love pages like this where, no, like everything is laid out in front of you, but it is still a distinct linear narrative happening. And you you've got to read this page you know you've well actually there it is again like the manga influence isn't it like it's got the western comics influence of reading the homesick pilot story left to right mm-hmm. but you have to read the nuclear bastard story right to left oh i didn't think about that are you yeah. talking about the first issue yeah yeah first issue um right near the back where they're in the house for the first time it's a big double page spread. God, I love these pages. Especially with like even this is like pre them being ghosts or whatever, but yeah. everyone's like the same color almost. Right? Yeah, and they're just like Um in some of the scenes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking okay, this one, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and I didn't really think of it like that until we were discussing like the anime and manga influences and stuff, but yeah. Yeah. The two different groups, you have to read their story in opposing directions mm-hmm. in order to understand like the flow of time happening here. Wild. And, and it technically follows, well, it technically follows the rule too, where like the eye leading. Yeah, exactly. So, they're they're yeah, both heading to the same spot. And... Mm-hmm. I do also like how the two different bands also have their own obvious, like, distinct color scheme. Yeah, yeah. Right, like, it's just It's a... almost, like, cooler and warmer, but not quite. Like, yeah. the, like, yellowy, like, very muted yellow. Yeah, and, and the, 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 yeah, the, the homesick pilots have sort of a bluish mm. tinge to them. Yeah. And, like, that's that's a really nice and, and subtle touch. Like, they didn't have to do it that way. They could have just fully colored them and left it to us to figure it out. Mm-hmm. But that's a, just a, a really nice, subtle touch to de- delineate between the two different factions here. And Absolutely. again, Caspar's, uh, like, the, the, the choices here to line the figures in white is really cool. Yeah. It just just makes them pop that little bit more and sort of shows that like the people here 
aren't part of what's going on. Like they, they aren't part of the house. They yeah. are. They it separates them from the house a little bit more. So good. Ooh, the end of this issue where the house starts falling apart. Yeah. So good. Well, can't read. No, I can't wait to read the rest. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I'm really excited for you to get caught up because I want to hear your thoughts about the more recent stuff. Um, it, especially yesterday, still very fresh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon as as soon as I saw Dan post that that was out, I'm like, to Comicsology I go. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, it starts getting into a lot of like sort of modern American history stuff, mm. and and connects a lot of the story to that. Fun. Yeah, it, it's. It's intense and really interesting. Um, how much have you seen of the the government agency? Um, I they introduced like that bottom layer or whatever. I just saw that where okay. like you see all the tanks and stuff, and then like the salt rings and like the captured ghosts, yeah, and the twins and the um, the girl that builds some of the stuff, I guess. Yep. So. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's so, really a lot cool. more than I thought because I remember even like before the first arc was done, I was like, who is this random like guy? And it was like, it seemed like there was only a couple of them with all the TV screens and stuff. So yeah, it was like, ah, is this the villain? Who knows? You know? Yeah. Nope, there's a whole other faction. <laughs> uh, yeah, they, they get really interesting. Some of the things that they're doing with the ghosts and stuff. Um, well, they're trying to weaponize it, like you said. So. Yeah, exactly. And, like, it's all pretty fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Imagine being able to weaponize ghosts. Wow. Right. And that's just the thing, isn't it? Like, ghosts are these... Like, we see these ghosts and see how powerful and out of control and just otherworldly they are. And yet, here we are, human hubris thinking that we can control and weaponize and utilize these ghosts for our own ends. It's because they see it and they want it. So, like, obviously the ghosts are the ones controlling us and then, or, like, to say, obviously in the Homesick Pilots universe. Uh, so, obviously, somebody wants that. They want control of that. Right. People think there's going to be enough money to actually get it, so. Yep. And it's it's shown time and time again through the comic that, well, like look at the TFT. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, you thought you could control it. Oh, guess what? Your shit's wrecked. Yeah, it blew all your shit up. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> nice try. Yeah, it turns out no, you can't control it at all, and you probably shouldn't try. Mm mm. That's just like the know. Jurassic Park thing all over again. It's like, yeah, let's let's create a new dinosaur, and we're totally going to be able to control it and weaponize it. Right? I've been thinking about Ghostbusters this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, what a crossover that would be. Incredible. Like, Clearly, there's a lot of influences here, which I love. It's like, yeah. it seems like... Uh, I mean, I feel like I grew up probably around the time that Dan and Casper, however they created this, I feel like I probably grew up around the same time as them. So yeah, I know what you mean. It has very many uh, influences that I feel like 
I relate to. Yeah. Uh, this this sequence, I think, like, when you're talking about, like, the house falls apart, but, like, this sequence where the um, the bastards start attacking the, the pilots, and you see, like, yeah, the house starts to crickle and crack, and the piping starts to emerge from the walls. Mm-hmm. And then just starts murdering <laughs> them. As, Insane. Yeah, Who as, knew? As soon as I turned the page, uh, house. <laughs> right? Yeah, as soon as I turned to that page and saw the pipes coming out of the wall, I just like, oh no, this is gonna get messy. Yeah, incredibly. I, the the dynamism of the action sequences in this comic too are just off the charts. Yeah, agreed. Like, like the this where the guy, the first guy, gets stabbed by all the pipes. You know, like. Most mm-hmm. of the scene is obscured by black ink. There is actually a lot of, uh, like, gore in this, but it's done so well, obviously, with, like, using, like, bright colors right? and things like that, which is nice. Yeah, um, like, yeah, like, the, this scene, this guy is getting stabbed by, like, 16 different pipes here, but mm-hmm. it's it's all black and pink, so it's, like, it's a flash, and it's shocking, but it's not overly gratuitous. Right. And, you know, like, I would be fine if it, the blood was all visible and everything like that, but it's just something about it hits home harder this way as well. Yeah. I feel like Casper, uh, there's, like, so much detail in his work, but there's a lot of, like, cell inspiration to where it looks really clean. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it, like, reads really well, like, especially in print. Yeah. Um, That it works so well with things like that, where, I don't know, just looks very clean to me. It does. Which I enjoy. And, yeah, like, the the panel where the guy's head is getting popped off by the pipes, you know, like, just a solid white background. I didn't even think about the fact that the gore literally also includes, like, how insane these, like, designs are for some of these ghosts. Like, people literally, like murdered in the weirdest ways and then kept that way and these are the character designs like so gory right yeah like the clock guy Mm mm-hmm and the woman who was hung yeah yeah like that's a good nod yeah that's a really good nod to like i feel like a lot of really good horror movies yeah yeah and that's it like Um, there was some really cool archetypes but like designed in a really really solid and interesting way there. Yeah, you know, like there's the creepy fresh. child. Mm-hmm. But for once, you know, it's not a creepy little girl. Mm-hmm. Like that's the, the trope is almost always when there's a creepy child, it's more often than not a creepy little girl. But like this I is... like the introduction. Um, so sorry to interrupt. No, you're right. Uh, only because you like brought it up earlier. The salt pill stuff, like that, added such a like huge twist to like the plot stuff. Yeah, right. Where he introduces like this ghost, and he's like, "Oh, it's actually my grandpa or whatever." And you see like this other side of the ghost, who's like, "You're already getting so attached to these ghosts because they are showing like humanity." to these characters uh while they're being controlled and stuff like that yeah but when you like look at the fact that they are like human underneath it and and yet still people want to control them it's like oh well that's not great um yeah and the, the that was the cat wasn't it 
Yeah, it was like a weird like cat like decaying. Yeah, thing. that's right. Yeah, and like yeah, it was like his granddad's ghost bonded to a stray cat or something like that. Wild. I can't, I can't remember the exact story right now, but it was something like that, and it was. I was just like, oof. What would your ghost look like if you were like one of these creepy ghosts? Oh god, that's a good. That's a good question. Honestly, I'm going to say it would have something to do with coffee or being crushed by my own bullshit being stacked too much. By a giant stack of boxes. Yeah, or these, like, I've got shelves upon shelves upon shelves You're actually and shit a put mech everywhere. Of books and boxes. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. it's just like a collection of nerdy shit boxes and books because my own office collapsed on me. I want to be like a like a weird fucked up disco ball of some sort like disco something that yeah that would be cool i reckon yeah it would be either be that or i'd be like a, an amorphous blob of coffee because yeah just, you know what the too... first thing i thought of was literally just like a blob of something because that's all i feel all the time yeah but like i i drink way too much coffee and if there's something that's going to kill me one day it'll be be a heart attack from too many too much coffee Oh my gosh, no. Like a sentient pile of coffee beans that blasts steaming hot coffee to burn people's faces off or something. You could be like merged with like a French press. <laughs> Those coils would definitely do something. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it's springs stretching out and just like ripping people apart. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh my god. I think we've got some art projects ahead of us. Yeah, apparently we've just made our own. Uh, like, I love like making character designs in like a specific universe. Yeah. Like, one of the reasons why I play Star Wars: Edge of Empire because I'm like, yeah, obviously I want to know what my character would look like in the Star Wars universe. Right. So like now I'm like, yeah, clearly I want to know what I look like as a ghost in Homesick Pilots. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah, I'd I'd like to do. Me as a ghost in homesick, homesick Pilots, but also me as a pilot in Homesick Pilots. You know, like, what would your ghost oh, pilot Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Be? Like, yeah. What ghost would you bond to? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what ghost would you bond to? Or, like, if you were piloting the mech house, how would you look? Yeah, yeah. I love that Amy's whole, like, ghost look. She's, like, looking more and more like a, uh, like a physical ghost, like, in all white. Yeah. Yeah, when she merges... Almost, like, Oof. Like, bro, you gonna lose your body? You okay there? Like... Right, and that's it. Like, she does go intangible at one point in the early comics, mm -hmm. too, which was, like, whoa. Oh, yeah, whoa. she starts walking through walls. She's like, yeah. oh, no, I can do that. Uh, the scene near the end of the comic, too, after the nuclear bastards have all been murdered, the, the door bursts open, and we've got that, like, the shining nod, where the two boys are just blasted with the blood of the nuclear bastards oh yeah 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 yeah. but also like that's also way too much blood yeah that's one of the reasons why i like that first issue so much because it was so like extreme sci-fi supernatural like yeah. version of like horror house right yeah i love the the scene where they're running away through the house and that the hallway just like mirrors and Starts multiplies and yeah, yeah. That's incredible. It's very beautiful. Hell yeah. 
and uh, yeah, and then the yeah the remaining pilots are just blasted with blood f- that you you have to assume at least part of it is the nuclear bastards, but also that's way too much blood for three people. Right. Too many too many dead bodies in there. Yeah. And that's it. And it's like you know, the towards the end the next page there we've got you know the horrors do not leave the house. Literally just soaks up everybody, apparently. Yeah. I guess that's... It's like the infinite... I forget the book that it's based off of, but, like, the infinite house that grows or whatever. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever, like, the book. Um, the Winchester house? Was that maybe it? Maybe that's it. Where it, like, uh, stays the same size, but it, like, grows inside or, like, it changes and shifts. Yeah. Yeah, I know the one you mean. I'm not sure... That's if... what I was thinking about. Yeah. And that's it. And Because I think a couple of times we're introduced to the concept that there, there's more rooms and spaces in this house than there should be. Yeah, and that quite... Like, maybe James is the one, like, changing it, or, like, yeah. maybe it's the ghosts that are changing it, or whatever. Right, And but is it is it the, the ghost? Is it James? Or is the house itself awoken because of these energies in it mm-hmm. exactly and, like they amy talks about that concept a lot through the comic but it hasn't actually been revealed solidified yeah yeah if the house has its own energy or if it is just powered by the ghosts it's not hmm. even even in issue 12 where they reveal some really cool shit it hasn't actually been solidified if the Still house no itself is an oh. entity good that's one of the things we could ask <laughs> right uh, uh yeah. ask them. and then bam that last like you said like amy's appearance that last page of this first book where she shows up stories up knocking on a window and she's got still the white... in her normal clothes yeah but yeah she's got the white hair and the the lines on her face and stuff and starting to glow mm-hmm. and yeah, still, still talking like a '90s punk kid. Just like, yeah, you know, like the horseshoe is extremely haunted. <laughs> it's interesting too, because like, is she turning into ghost form because she's closer to the ghosts, or is it because she is actually a ghost? And maybe by her in proximity, being near other ghosts, make her more normal, or vice versa. Because like, there's been a ton of dialogue where I've been like, is she technically like? Has she been dead for a while? That's you know? what I've been like... wondering, because in future issues, like issue seven and eight, like you, where you're up to, you know, she's got a fully human form. Yeah. But is that just because she's in control? She goes back and forth, it seems like. Yeah. yeah. So, like, is she dead, but she turns into a human form? Because she eats and everything. She gets hungry, and, like, they sleep. Mm-hmm. But is that habit, and just, like, longing for the familiar? Or is she human, but is changed and empowered by the house mm-hmm. and the ghosts? Yeah. I'm still not actually sure. And hey. I'm looking forward to finding that out. I would love to know how many accounts like people have like not pursued trying to work on something because they think it exists already. Or like assume that it exists in the way that they envision or intend you right know? and and that's what i keep talking to people whenever one of my friends says something like that oh i don't know if i'm gonna do this because this thing exists oh, yeah but that thing exists 
and it might follow those four, three or four beats that your thing is following, but mm -hmm. it's not your thing. And it's not you, yeah. So, yeah. like, anyone exactly. could write a, you know, Australian zombie mutant ghost story set in 1970s Sydney. But yeah. six different people are going to write six different versions of that thing. Yeah. It's it's the same as, like, well, The Walking Dead exists, so why would I do a zombie comic? Exactly. Well, because it's totally different. Is exactly. it based in Atlanta? And, and that's your it. character named Carl? Like, you know what I mean? Right. And that's it. Like, Tom's comic came out, and I'm like, this is great. It's really weird that this has got the same things that mine has got in it, but mine's also completely different, actually. Like, so different. The only similarities is those two characters fight. Yeah. This was such a fun stream. Thank you for letting me pick Homesick Pilots. No, you're incredibly welcome, and thank you for picking Homesick Pilots. I've been itching to talk about this. So as soon as, like, you, all of the comics that you suggested were great choices that I would have loved to talk about. But as soon as I saw the combination of Liana and Homesick Pilots, I'm like, yeah, let's do this. This is this has to be the top, the one. Love that. So Heck yeah. we're we're just past the hour, which is cool. That gives me plenty to edit into a nice snappy little episode. So, where can people find you, and what have you got coming out, or what has just come out? Um, hmm, that's a great question. I think I have a variant coming out, uh, or it was supposed to come out last week. Not sure about that, so I won't say it publicly. Um, I do have end after end covers through vault, uh, for their new series that's supposed to debut this year. Ooh. Um, and I have two really big announcements this year, which I cannot talk about either of them apparently. So, um, you'll just have to stay tuned. Big ones. Really excited. Um, in the meantime, you can read Star Wars Adventures or She Said Destroy, um, or, I mean... The list is getting longer at this point for me to remember and list them off. Um, it is. I'm, I'm going to link your comicsology like profile so, yeah. for everyone. Perfect. But anyone, I mean, like, I love connecting with people in comics, and I love being there for uh, anybody starting out and things like that. I have a Patreon where we have a really cool community, and we do, like, streams and, like, kind of one-on-one hangouts where I draw, and, like, you can ask me questions and stuff like that, so... I really love connecting with the comics community in any way that I can, especially right now, since we can't see each other in person as much. Yeah. So feel free to hit me up on Twitter, uh, Instagram. I have a TikTok now. Who knew? Um, at Liana Kangas. Awesome. And I'll, I'll link those in the description below for everybody so that you can find Liana and go read Liana's work. Um, of course, Cannot forget, Liana was one of my fellow collaborators in Project Stylist Daydream. Liana's page in that is... The perfect hardcover. So cute. Oh my god, right? As soon as I... Like, I went to sleep just as it launched. You know, I retweeted it and shared it. Then I woke up to find that we'd already hit the hardcover. That's lovely. I was like... So great. I, like, I cried real tears, in all Aww. honesty, because that's my first published art in a comic no way yeah that was my first oh, I didn't know that. first professional comics page that's awesome and Congratulations. To, to know that it was in in a hardcover i'm just like 
I'm done. Like I could, I, I'm not going to, but I could stop making comics right now and be happy because yeah. oh, my work yeah. is in a hardcover and it's in comic shops. That was it my is. life's goal That's from true. when I was 12 and I've done it. Aww, I love that. Well, now you'll just get to make very many more. Yeah, I've got so many pitches I'm working on for anthologies right now. And if they don't get picked, I'm going to just put them all together in my own anthology and just put it on Kickstarter. Perfect. That's perfect. So, awesome. regardless, actually, that's good news for everybody watching right now is for me, you can find me as Brainbee Studios everywhere. Uh, I'll link my Discord below. If you're an Australian illustrator and comic creator, I'll link that Discord below as well. Uh, and also, if you're a TTRPG creator, we've got one for that. Um, you can find me on Patreon, where you'll be able to get like sneak peeks at the show and see all the bits that didn't make it into the final episode because of this new format for the show. Um, you'll get advanced previews of the scripts that I'm writing and the pictures that I'm putting together for these anthologies. And just all kinds of cool shit, playtest my games, etc. And meet other cool people. And I am writing an anthology of 10 short cryptid stories right now. That one is going to be hitting Kickstarter or Zoop. Is that the, the comics crowdfunder that's out at the moment? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's going to go to either Kickstarter or Zoop later this year once I finish it. Frankie White is editing, so I'm working on drafting all the scripts right now to nice. send them off to Frankie. And I've got a killer... Like, I'm writing all the stories and working with a different art team for each story, and I'm so excited about it. I had Minerva Fox for the Mothman story. I've got Adam Markowitz for the Loch Ness Monster story. Um, Ted and Roe from Crowded and whatnot are doing my Drop Bear story. That's going to be so fun. Yeah. It sounds incredible. It's, it's, I'm so stoked. I, I'm really excited to do it. It's going to be my first ever solo book that I've written and actually published. So stay tuned for that. I'm really excited. I'm nervous as fuck because obviously I want to get it funded. But uh, hopefully you guys will like it and stay tuned for announcements about any anthologies if I actually get into them this year. So this is the year of me getting into at least one of them. Yes. Uh, but yeah, go will follow. it remember will it into existence? Exactly. Exactly. That's it. I am gonna manifest it this year. Like I am pitching to everything I can because I want to get practice writing and I want to get my stuff out there. I want to have a little shelf going like you and Minerva, you know, with just books that I've been in. Oh, these are just my personal collection. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> I mean that spread that you had in your re recap tweet, that was so impressive and exciting. I was really that was really cool to see. No, oh, thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you again for having me on. No, this thank you. Really thank you for coming. And it's always fun trying to organize this stuff with time zones. So I appreciate everybody's time. I appreciate you joining me. I've been eager to have you on since season 1. So this is season 3 is my season of getting all of my favorites finally on the yes. show. Third time's the charm. That's you know, right. The best one. That's right. So everybody go and follow Liana. Buy some of the comics that Liana's worked on. Follow me. Maybe subscribe to Patreon. Tune in next week, fortnight, whenever the episode comes out. Because this season is just filled with incredible creators and all of my current favorite books. So this has been No Capes. And I've been Sean Sunday. This has been Liana Kangas. We'll see you next time. Keep reading comics. Bye. And